Welcome to the Divine Self Secret Garden Podcast. On today's episode, Jay Day, and I am your host, Megan Courtney. Secret Garden Podcast. I have a wonderful friend of mine, Jay Day. Isn't that a lovely name? Jay Day is here joining us to talk about managing expectations with a narcissist and having gratitude, finding gratitude in moments of despair or in relationships or even during COVID and the holidays. Welcome to the garden today, Jay Day. All right. Welcome, Jay Day, to the Secret Garden Podcast. Hi. For the second time, we recorded (laughs) a whole Thanksgiving (laughs) podcast and it just did not work out well. The server went down and the recording, and I tried to edit. And I'm like, bummer, because we said some good things. And so I'm like, (laughs) hopefully we can recreate our Thanksgiving podcast. There you go. Find our way back to all of that. (laughs) Yeah. But really it's about gratitude and and you're right. I think this season is really about gratitude. That's what the holidays are. Well, so it's supposed to be about gratitude and togetherness and connectiveness, which we can go into. Um, But then the expectations behind Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. of that can create kind of a mess. Oh, absolutely. I'm a, um, um, Firm believer of the idea that life is all about expectations and, and whether those are met or not, you know, whether we are good at communicating them or not, you know, and all of those factors. Yeah, you're right. And it's really about expectations with each other, but then really the mm-hmm. expectation of ourself and managing our own expectations. Absolutely. Because in the reality of it is that no matter what we want to believe and no matter what we might tell ourselves on a given day, the only person that we can change that we have any control over is ourselves. Yes. And that's really key when we're dealing with toxic relationships and and narcissists, because we so desperately want to control them and fix them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the, the things that, you know, people in toxic relationships, they tend to be people pleasers and fixers and they want to fix And, and that's really the work that we have to do. And that's the work that I've had to do on myself is that I can't fix anybody. No, exactly. Well, and I mean, it, it doesn't help that there's a, whether it's Hollywood or whatever you want to blame it on culture wise, et cetera. uh, There is definitely a, a, um, a hope, a wishfulness that we're maybe someone special that we can get through to this person the way no one else has. And, and you know, in terms of being a enough. fixer, mm-hmm. yes. if I just say the right thing, if I just give them, if they give them enough space, if I give them what they need, except that meanwhile, where are our needs being met? And nobody's watching out for those. <laughs> right. And it's like, why don't we just love ourselves enough yeah. and do enough for ourselves, for us to be whole and let everybody else worry about themselves, making themselves whole. Yep. You have to be able, you know, the, the more, the older I get, the more I understand more fully the idea that you cannot love someone else before you love yourself. 
like RuPaul says, yeah. If you ain't gonna, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? You there know. You go. Yeah. <laughs> I love, obviously, I love me some RuPaul's Drag Race. You know? Hell yes. I mean, I had, I had Mayhem Miller on the show in episode four, who is a awesome. friend of mine. So, um, cool. but uh, yeah, I love. I just love. I love the whole concept of the drag queen because I feel like a drag queen is like, you're really your true inner self that gets to come out and like ah. be fabulous. And I just, you know, I'd love to be nice. a drag queen someday. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Get it girl. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So, you know, but expectations right now through the holidays and then you add COVID into the mix, right? Mm, certainly. And I feel like, it can be good. And this whole COVID thing could be good and it could also be Mm -hmm. bad. So you have so many people that there's so much pressure to perform Mm -hmm. for the holidays. You got to, you know, decorate your house, you got to put your tree up, you got to have this meal. And it's, I mean, how many times after, you know, Christmas day, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Or after the new year, they're like, oh, like I'm exhausted during January because holidays are so wiped. They wipe you out. They take a lot of energy for, for most people, for many people, I think, whether, you know, for good, bad or otherwise, however, however that manifests for you, you know, because there are certainly a lot of people who get very depressed during the holidays and that takes a lot of energy in its own way. Yes. And, you know? and then if you think about COVID and they're saying like not to hang out with each other and to, you know, limit that <sighs> gives us a moment yeah. to take a breath yeah. and to just be and maybe mm-hmm. even like I'm not decorating this year I'm not going to bring it all out I'm not doing the whole thing I'm just kind of just chilling out and doing me and nice. there's something really liberating about that good do you, you know, you know th- this is a perfect opportunity to change it up a little bit whether you go back to the uh, old habits traditions uh, you know whatever works for you anyways um, or not because you might discover something in that change Yeah. And I even found for Thanksgiving, like I typically cook for a ton of people and it's busy. Uh, And even though I cooked and it was still busy, it was mm -hmm. a small group. We sat and played games all day in our pajamas and I was up and down cooking, but it was way calmer than, than I'm, than I'm used to. Excellent. Good. Cause it can get so overwhelming. It can can absolutely get so overwhelming. It's a lot, you know, when you've got tons of people, whether it's a rotating door or, you know, just relatives and friends and, you know, everybody. (laughs) And did you find that your Thanksgiving, like, was there a lot of expectation behind it or was it chill and you were able to kind of relax? It was, it was super lovely. It was very chill. There, uh, there was very little expectation. I actually was a little surprised. Absolutely no one in my family, which my, uh, one of my parents being a narcissistic personality disorder, he has a, a new girlfriend-ish. They've been dating for several months now. And uh, and so it was not surprising at all that he didn't reach out. And, and I was like, that's great. His new girlfriend's taking care of him. That's fantastic. <laughs> but none of the rest of my family had any interest in a Zoom call even. And so I was like, well, hey, no judgment from me. Because really, this is of any season a great excuse to just do your own thing. Do what makes you feel good. You yeah. Know? So I found that too. I so, had yeah. texted someone. I was like, oh, we'll FaceTime later. And then I was like, you know what? No, Man. I'm just playing games <laughs> with my friends and we're eating and like, I'm just chill. I'm tired today. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and we didn't do that. And I, and very different than, yes. than your typical Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, 
I certainly do have a bit of nostalgia over some of the orphans Thanksgivings that I've participated in over the years because those are really my favorite. Me too. It's just, you know, fun and it's a potluck and nobody has to do all of the stuff and everybody pitches in and it's it's lovely. Um, and I did talk to, you know, talk to my family at some point throughout, you know, the day, the couple of days. Uh, but yeah, just hung out with a couple of friends, uh, one of whom I've been working with. So, you know, we were all comfortable with the level of exposure and that sort of thing. And that boils down to communication so that you have the appropriate expectations, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so we were, when we recorded before, we were talking about gratitude and having gratitude mm. kind of in moments of, of despair, you know, and so you can take, uh, you can take COVID and the holidays mm-hmm. and having gratitude instead of looking at it, you know, from the, we can't spend time together. We can't have a traditional holiday, sure. but taking it one step further. And, you know, I found it was really difficult to have gratitude in a relationship, in a toxic dynamic, you know, because oh, I was so definitely. far gone down yeah. the rabbit hole of abuse that I just, mm-hmm. there was no more gratitude. I didn't love myself. I didn't love anything anymore, except yeah. for my dogs that will never change. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the reasons I've, I've often said, I will take animals just about any day over humans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dogs come first always. Um, but, uh, I love it. You know, how do you find gratitude right now? I mean, we're in such a crazy time. I personally, I have, I I mean, I consider myself fortunate on so many fronts, but I have been very grateful for this time because I'm uh, generally a fair workaholic (laughs) and I, you know, I'm aware of that. And I certainly try to work on that and try to, um, temper that in some of the the choices that I make. Uh, But my industry makes it difficult, as I'm sure it's not unique to my industry. Um, But uh, any job will take as much as you are willing to give it. So at some point, you have to figure out how to watch out for yourself and say no. Or, you know, find your, find your me time. So this has been in so many ways, a huge blessing where, you know, it's sort of forced or not. I I mean, I don't mind. I have so much to do at home. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's been a great moment where I can just take my time in getting those things done and not, you know, also take time in between those tasks and just binge watch television for a day. And, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm, uh, falling behind on something. And so I'm, I'm grateful, grateful, very grateful to have this moment, um, to really work on that, work on that, um, lack of judgment to mind, you know, what, I, whether I get something done or I don't, it's all right. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I agree with you. I think that right now, like we've all been forced to like slow down and take a breath Mm. and there's so much you can be Mm -hmm. grateful for in that moment. Um, you know, I'm thinking about like gratitude in my toxic relationship and I had gratitude just in little moments, like going on a walk with my dogs or even a beautiful sunset and being like, okay, I'm just thankful that I'm here and I'm okay and I'm alive and I can breathe. And I've kind of had to do that a little bit. Like I can get, you know, frustrated through this whole pandemic and COVID and kind of had to do that a little bit Mm. lately too, just because, you know, things are things I work in an stressful job and there's moments where I get, you know, overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, certainly take a deep breath it's okay. You're healthy. Mm-hmm. You're safe. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. 
And, um, and just, it's really finding just that little moment throughout the day. Yes. Space, calm, you know, peace. Uh, oh gosh, I have a magnet. It's getting out of the fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, well, yeah, we are, I mean, clearly as humans, we are very fear driven. That is how we react to our fears is very much a, a character defining, um, human feature, if you will. <laughs> yes. And it's so extreme. Some people are really fearful and some people are so mm-hmm. relaxed and then there's yes. everybody in between. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and, and, and you can see that right now, right? You have so many people mm. divided between, not that I want to talk about COVID on here, but, uh, yeah. but you can see so many people divided. Some people are so afraid of, of yeah. COVID and some people are just not at all. And, um, and you're right. So it's just everyone's level of fear. Sure. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, that reminds me of something I saw online the other day that really um, resonated with me. Uh, it's, um, I, don't, I don't have a, a reference for the quote, but uh, it says, the single biggest thing I learned was from an indigenous elder of Cherokee descent, Stan Rushworth who reminded me of the difference between a Western settler mindset of, quote unquote, I have rights, and an indigenous mindset of, quote, I have obligations, unquote. Instead of thinking that I am born with rights, I choose to think that I am born with obligations to serve past, present, and future generations and the planet herself. And I think- Wow, I like that. Yeah, right? There's, there's- there's something about that that speaks to me in terms of gratitude. I don't feel like if you are constantly seeking what you feel like you deserve, that it's about, you know, in that narcissistic kind of way that I'm supposed to have this, uh, you know, me, me, me in a very selfish sort of is a selfish perspective. And I feel like when you can approach life with uh, starting from a place of gratitude. I feel like it's much more about how can I care for myself? How can I care for the world around me? How can I care for the people I care about? And, and I, I feel like that starts from a place of gratitude. Absolutely. I think that going in, you know, going through a toxic relationship, it's Mm. really about connection with yourself. That's really what the narcissist Mm. comes to do is the teacher to teach people how Mm. to connect with themselves and how to have gratitude with themselves. Because if you can make yourself whole first, Mm -hmm. then you can find somebody else that's whole. And then you can have a whole relationship that's connected and that you don't need each other, but you want each other. Where the narcissist and the, you know, and the victim or mm-hmm. the empath or the codependent or whatever you want to call it, they need each other. <laughs> yeah. Right? In a very destructive kind of way. Oh. A very highly destructive. <laughs> so destructive. I mean, toxic to the point where it's life-threatening. Yeah. 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 And I, mine was definitely certainly, life-threatening. It, certainly in your case, yes. Yes. <laughs> but even before it got physical, I think, yeah. you know, there was definitely times where, where, you know, my friend... Well, Tom, Tom was on the podcast. Tom was like, you're, mm-hmm. this is life or death. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're in it girl. Like you're this, you're not going to mm-hmm. make it out of this if you don't leave it. And mm-hmm. he said this to me way before it got physical because it was so stressful yeah. that I was dying. Yeah. And, um, but it was really about me finding my own strength and appreciation and empowerment with myself 
for me mm-hmm. to be good enough to leave the relationship and to live a whole life outside of this relationship. And I honestly didn't feel that way in the relationship mm-hmm. and had never felt that way in my whole life. And so oh, sure. the work that's been done now is, mm-hmm. is finding that wholeness and that gratitude within myself. And I think gratitude like lives in our body, like in your soul, right? Mm-hmm. You have to find it though. You yeah, do. Just Whereas like, in yeah. like thanks is because of something we yeah. receive. You know, you can be thankful for something. I'm sure. thankful because I'm thankful for you as my friend because I receive Definitely. your kindness and friendship, right? <laughs> but, Absolutely. And I have gratitude for you, but the gratitude for you is my connection with you that lives inside of me. Does that, sure, make, that sense? make sense? It does. It does. It's um it's something um sort of almost more palpable uh, than um then uh, more fluid. Oh goodness. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, but no, it does. I, I, I know, right? oh, I'm not sure I can quantify that, that sentiment, but I think I understand it. I think I understand what you're trying to say there. <laughs> yeah, so gratitude comes from a place within that, that, that makes you appreciate life where, like I said, thanks is very different. It's you're thankful for something because you received something. The, sure. The gratitude is a, a deeper, broader experience than the thankfulness. The thankfulness is sort of a brief, um, it, you know, expression of thanks of I'm, I'm thankful. I don't know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we went into back, the definition of that at some point in the we last, did on pod- our last podcast. Last I was just thinking that <laughs> I'll look it up and I'll post it in the notes below. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bummed. It's all good. Um, but then, you know, I was thinking about Dr. Frankel's book, the, the, the Jewish doctor that was in Auschwitz mm. and he ah. had the paradigm shift of, you know, they can take everything away from me, but they can't mm-hmm. take me away from me. Yeah. And so yep. he controlled everything that he could in his environment and even down yep. to cutting his potato and how much he was going to have every day. And, and happen managed to find moments of gratitude within his environment. And so there's the perfect example that, um, and that's what he believes he survived. He said people that lost the gratitude and lost hope were the ones that didn't survive it. And um, I think that really goes back to, to how powerful gratitude is. I was going to say that is, that is about as intense a juxtaposition as you can offer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Cause ha ha ha. But it's the same in a toxic relationship. Like they can take, they can take your money. They can take your sleep. They can take your looks. They can take your family. They can take your kids. They can take your dignity. But really Mm -hmm. down at the end of it is you still had you and Mm -hmm. your soul and they can't take that from you. Mm -hmm. They try to take that from you. Well, and because let's not forget, it's not like they're, nothing that they do is, is, uh, in your best interest. It isn't okay. even necessarily in their best interest because the, the amount of self-loathing that narcissists have is so great that they, they like, it's all consuming. Um, uh, but, um, oh goodness, what was I going to say? <laughs> it's not in their best interest. Like they, yeah, it's it, not at all. No, it's really about them. They it's control. It's a control issue. You know, yeah, it's and- about controlling and getting, feeling, feeling like that you can, feeling as though you are their marionette. Yes. And when you remove those strings, you remove 
their ability to control you and that pisses them off and there's no reason that that should make you know cause you fear that that should certainly not fear for your life for crying out loud because that's um massively inappropriate yes <laughs> it is it, it and you're right and once you take that away from them it's like watch out because it's like game yeah. on they get really upset when they lose control because the reality is they come from a really insecure place too yes and they're deep down their little child is crying in the corner and feels completely insignificant and their whole life has been to gain significance and they'll mm-hmm. do anything to feel more significant than anybody else because i believe that that's them avoiding that moment that made them feel so insignificant. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because if, if you take away their significance, they have to feel that insignificance, right? They actually have to or cope any- with, with, yeah, with, with their hurt. Yes. They have and, to face, you know, yeah. And, and they, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. No, they'll never <laughs> do that. Never. <laughs> we're both like you and I, if we have a moment where we feel insignificant, we're like, well, well that was a bummer, but we yeah. don't, we don't thrive on always needing to feel significant in our life. Like yeah. I, I'm happy Better than when someone. you have significance and can appreciate mm-hmm. it. And you happy mm-hmm. when I have significance, right? So that's a healthy balance, totally. but, um, you're right. So, but when you take away their significance, it's like, yeah. whoa, because they have to feel for a second and they do not yeah. want to feel. No, cause feelings are scary. <laughs> they are scary. Um, if I may quote the, the great James, James Baldwin, I know he said this clearly about racism, but I do feel as though the sentiment is more universal as well. He says that we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's, like <laughs> perfect, that's the perfect quote for mm. toxic and abusive relationships. Oh, Mo, and I mean, clearly it sums up racism. So in yeah. a nutshell, but, but also. <laughs> well, and if you look at that, look at racism, yeah. I mean, behind it's, it is a bunch of narcissists. Like it, I was gonna say, speaking of being steeped in fear. Yes. And so, yeah. I mean, the reality is, I mean, and you can look at all kinds of topics, right? There's always Absolutely. narcissists on mm-hmm. the other side of it. And it's really people like fear comes from within and then it's projecting your fear onto others. And that's the number one Mm -hmm. thing. I don't think people realize narcissists do it's projection. They're projecting their fear. And so let's make you feel less significance because I'm afraid of you. And the reality is they're afraid of you living in your power and in your beautiful light. And like, because they just can't connect because they're jealous. They can't figure out how to get there for themselves. No, in and theory, it, they want that, but they have absolutely no connection to being able to see a way for themselves to achieve it. And, and what so I mean by if you they find in, that in, in you, they're jealous. Yeah. And, and you living in your light is not about you living in significance your whole time. You just truly live in your power mm. and in your beauty and in your own light. And that's really what they want. And so they do that by trying by trying to be more significant and to try to take that light out in you. Mm, mm-hmm. Extinguish you. They but want they to put you out is... so they feel better, which it's never going to fill that hole because it isn't really about making themselves feel better. <laughs> no. And, and so they never, and they never feel better, but they'll never take that light. And not only that, most of the people that I've coached, actually every person that I coach when they break free of this, that light yeah. bounces back and it's like, 10 times brighter. That's and amazing. I'm like, so not only did they not take out your light, they yeah. just created like an even brighter light. So, yeah. um, 
good luck That's with that amazing. narcissist. Yeah, definitely. And, and if I may also or, or quote James Baldwin again, he says that not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, just such an amazing human being. Yes. <laughs> he has so many phenomenal um, nuggets of wisdom. I love that. I love that. Um, speaking of that, so I, we were mm-hmm. talking about expectations on the last recording. Yeah. And kind of going into like managing expectations. So I know we're talking about uh, the holidays, but let's like take that one step further. And like, how do you sure. manage expectations in relationships? Like, what do you think about that? Because I know both and both you and I have struggled with this in our past. And mm-hmm. definitely we didn't struggle at the same time because what would we have done? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Woo, Nelly. <laughs> yeah. Very definitely. Well, you know, um, I certainly like to think that I am, uh, when I have a clear sense of what I want, of, of an expectation that I would like to have, uh, that it is up to me to express that, to ask for it, as, as with anyone. You know, in, in, a, in a relationship, I like to think that I do my best to create an equitable um exchange, encouraging the other person to also have expectations of me. And the idea is that you, you know, communicate, go back and forth and figure out what that middle ground looks like. Um, The problem is when the other person is good at saying the things that sound good, (laughs) but not really interested in doing the work to get there. And, um, and, and yeah, the, that expectation gets sort of perverted in that case, if you ask me, as far as being on my end of what I've experienced in, in poor relationships. Um, but ultimately what it boils down to is you can only really have expectations of yourself, you know, yes. until, until you create a trust and a bond with someone, um, you know, truly, you, you can't have any expectations of them. And, you know, we're also all human. And so we all have moments. We all have, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's a discovery that that bond was not what you thought it was. So ultimately, we really only, only can have expectations of ourselves. And that's not to, you know, fear trying to create a bond with someone else. Um, we are social creatures as humans. But... Uh, but, you know, we're the only ones we have control over, the only ones. If something doesn't work, then uh, it's up to us to, to try to change ourselves, not someone else. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes that change is walking away because there's nothing else we can do. Why do you think, like, you know, I think about me, like, I walk into relationships, well, I used to, mm. not anymore, mm. with a, such mm-hmm. high expectations of what the relationship's going to be without even knowing the person, you know, why do you think we do that? Or even, you know, I think about Mm. your situation and, you know, you had such high expectations that things were going to change and you kept giving chances and kept giving chances. And why do you think we do that? (laughs) Um, I mean, I, uh, it's a damn good question. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, I think it's because we, I think we have hope that if we love them enough or care enough or push enough or help set boundaries up for them, that right. it will change. Right. And um, the, I have definitely caught myself uh, with the thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm the more mature one here. I can handle this better than he can. 
And I feel like that's perhaps a little dangerous thinking in terms of allowing too much room, too much space and allowing those expectations to sort of go uh, without being met. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and that is definitely a, a, a trap I have found myself in. Um, I think that there is, you know, certainly a sense of accomplishment. You want, I want, I want that connection. I want to, you know, when you, when you feel like you have found a connection with someone, you want to try to recreate it. And of course, you know, when you are successful doing that, it's amazing. When you have an actual back and forth with someone and uh, an honesty and a forthcoming ability on both sides, uh, the communication is, it's possible for it to be uh, successful. But um, I think that's the trap I get in again, is when I don't have it, I continue to give, uh, I take them at their word and I continue to give them uh, another chance and another chance and another chance. And I need to... Um, I guess figure out how to draw my lines better. And you know, and that's really key. Everyone asked me what's the number one red flag with a narcissist. And mm-hmm. I say it's when it's the empty promises and the actions never meet the words. So they will say promise after promise, set mm-hmm. expectation after expectation, but there is absolutely no action to back up the promises. And that is the number one sign because healthy dynamics, like even in our friendship. If I say I'm going to do something, I follow mm-hmm. through. And if I can't follow through, I set the expectation that I can't follow through. I'll call you and be like, hey, Jay, I can't do that today. Can we right. do it another time? Right. Or I just can't do that. And this is why. And Absolutely. I do that with every relationship. I do that at work. I do that everywhere. I certainly try. Yeah. But the narcissist yeah. never does that. They will oh, set no. they, a promise and, and then they never follow through. And then if you call them out on it, oh my goodness. Oh, forget it. Duck. Forget it. Yeah, the, 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 you know, it's a downward spiral from there. <laughs> yes, run. Um, because then you're calling them out on and making them feel insignificant. Oh, yeah. I got, I got uh, on somewhat regular, regular occasions, especially towards the end, you know, that I was just being hurtful. And I'm like, well, I'm being honest. I'm trying to ask you to hear what, I, what my, my side of this experience is, but you're just being hurtful. You know, it's like, no, no, actually just you're being hurtful, you know? And yeah. So, um, I, I am a sucker for quotes. So forgive me if (laughs) I love a lot of quotes, uh, but at the beginning of COVID, I was listening to the radio more often to whether it's podcasts, WNYC. And, uh, there was an interview of, uh, one of the New York times contributors named Adam Grant. And this, the moment I heard this, I, I light bulb moment for me. Uh, I heard it and I thought, this is what I've been trying to put into words for years now. And he says, integrity is about consistency between words and deeds. Forgiveness shouldn't be granted when we promise to change. It should be granted when we live up to that promise. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's That's what I've been in. I'm putting that on my website. (laughs) Nice. That's going to be my mission statement on my website. It's so good. Or my mission statement in life, because the number one thing I think was the empty promises. And those are what broke me because it was little promises. And then there were some significant promises and most definitely. And then when I would start to talk about the significant ones that were affect, that would affect our relationship and then really affect my own values and who, who I was at my core. Mm -hmm. And I got punished for bringing up that the 
the promise was made and then it was never followed followed through and then you're abused for that that is really hard that's where people yeah start to fall apart in these and I tell people I'm like actions it has to be actions and look at Mm -hmm. you know not just even in your romantic relationships but look at this just everywhere you are this happens all the time actions speak louder than words there is a reason that is an idiom (laughs) that is such an understatement like you know, we mm-hmm. say that all the time. Oh, actions speak louder than words. Like I remember screaming that like to my sister as a child, like actions speak louder than words. And I hate that I did it because that's so ah! true. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and don't forget that it's our actions too. What are our actions absolutely. saying? You know, you can't, you can, I mean, speaking of integrity, I don't feel like you can have that expectation of someone else and not have that expectation of yourself. Well, and, you and if you look at the, the victim's side of this, right, mm. the victim tries so hard to set a boundary and verbally sure. set the boundary, but the narcissist loves to erode the boundaries and overstep the boundaries. And mm-hmm. the victim will let the narcissist do that. Well, there's your action. You're showing yeah. the narcissist that they can that, walk all over you. That they can get away with it. Yes. And how to abuse you. And so you're right. It goes both ways. Like you can set, you know, words and, Mm -hmm. and set expectations with them and Mm -hmm. they will, they will destroy that. That's their favorite thing to do. (laughs) Step over those boundaries, push them, push, 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 push those buttons. Exactly. What can I, what can I get? What can I get? (laughs) Yes. I almost think it's like a game for them. To a certain degree, absolutely. I mean, in twisted, and it's it's mired in a complete lack of self confidence. But it's uh, amazing how much that is shrouded in, uh, well, ego. They they put on such a good show of ego, but there's such a fine line and a big difference between having a big ego and strong, uh, a, a, a solid sense of self confidence. Yes. Yes. Often you know, misconstrued, I, mean, I think. And ego, I mean, is we're human, right? We all have egos. Absolutely. And ego can be great. That's how we. It's something we all jobs. contend with. That's how we compete mm-hmm. in in a healthy dynamic. That's how we live. That's you know makes us human. But I feel like the narcissist right. ego is just like on complete overdrive. Yeah. It's like, because it's, like, because it's, like it's compensating. Yeah. Yes. It's compensating for a total lack of self-confidence Yeah, and, you know, missing all of those things we were talking about just a minute ago, the idea that they're jealous of your, you know, light, your self-confidence, your, your, whether it's your love for yourself or, you know, how you choose to live the actions that you choose to take. And I just they thought yeah. of something, as you said that I think they're jealous of how you love others, right? Like I genuinely love everybody in my life and connect. I connect deeply with people. That's probably one. I'm a people person. Yeah. And I think they (laughs) don't know how to do that. They're so focused Mm. on gaining significance that Mm -hmm. they don't know how to sit and have a genuine, deep, connected conversation. And really you know, if you think about Brene Brown and all the things she talks about, she's like, you know, it's about vulnerability and through vulnerability, mm-hmm. we gain the ultimate connection. And really oh, all we absolutely. want as humans is connection, deep absolutely. connection with one another. And, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, it's really probably lonely for the narcissist because they cannot get that deep connection. Mm-hmm. I, um, 
uh, one of the books that I picked up at the beginning, and I, I sort of picked this book up here and that I have not yet made it all the way through, but the beauty of it is that it's a discussion of sort of Buddhist tenets. So I don't have to necessarily read it front, front cover to back cover. Um, but Pema Chodron, uh, who is, I believe, an American Buddhist monk stationed. Is that a word you can say for monks yeah. <laughs> in, in <laughs> Canada somewhere? Um, she writes really beautifully and talks about, I guess there are six types of loneliness that are discussed in Buddhism. And um, I can't name them all off the top of my head at the moment. But it, the idea is that certainly in Western thinking, we um, associate loneliness with being a bad thing as a negative emotion and, you know, oh, well, you know, if you're lonely all the time, what's wrong with you? And you need to have a partner and that will fix it. And it's like, no, no, I, I don't actually buy that. I think that there are plenty of good things that can come out of loneliness. And, and uh, I highly recommend everyone look up what the six types of loneliness under Buddhism are <laughs> so that it will make better sense. Uh, but um but it, it, I remember it, it definitely resonating as I read that passage. It was like, wait a minute. Huh. Yeah, I can be alone. And it isn't a bad thing. If you happen to find that connection, that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. But tempering that expectation makes it a lot, you know, a lot easier to live with yourself and love yourself. Because if you can do that, then you don't need a partner. No, I love not that. to say, yeah, not to say that you don't just, you know, that, that it isn't a, a, that it isn't a good thing. Cause if you find one, that's even better, but no big deal. I think that, um, during COVID too, like we've, we've been forced to be alone, mm -hmm. especially those of us that are single and, you know, yeah. alone at home. And mm -hmm. I've had to get really good at being lonely. Yeah. And I kind of like it now. I'm yeah, like, nice. Yeah, I don't really want to go do anything right now. I'd rather just sit at home and like be yeah. with myself, <laughs> love myself, you know. Something something I have had the opportunity to uh more fully consider is the concept that yoga is um, all about checking in with yourself, you know, daily practice, hopefully on, on my good weeks um, yeah. uh, or, you know, once a week, it's just that moment of checking in with yourself um, that really sank in this, these last six, seven, eight months now um, that I always knew that it isn't about achieving a pose, but about seeking what your edge is that particular day. You know, whether your right side is a little better or your left side. And, and it's such an interesting thing to fully uh, feel as though I more fully grasp. I more fully understand, not just in words, but really in you know, my, Feeling, my being. Yeah. I mm. do a meditation every morning. And it's so funny because people give me such a hard time because they're like, that's not meditation. And you're supposed to calm your mind and be quiet. But me, I go into yeah. my body and feel where there's emotion and pain. Nice. And so whether it's back pain or I'm having a mm -hmm. cushion and I'm holding it in my gut or I have a headache or I, how, whatever it is, what yeah. breathe into it and go deep. And what is it about? You know, there you go. Yeah. Um, because there's so much there. Yeah. And then I release whatever it is, whether I do a breath work or I sometimes I've even thrown up in my meditation, but I've gotten oh. really good at this through COVID and nice. it's so empowering and so healing. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, we hold all of this in our mm -hmm. bodies. 
Mm -hmm. all of it. And it comes from somewhere. It's all about emotion that's being held that we pent up in our bodies. And yes, and when you do (laughs) yoga, you can connect with that as well. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Oh, very definitely. I, you know, and, and, and I, I'm, I feel an incredible gratitude for being able to have, uh, you know, enough space in my apartment to practice and the internet <laughs> so that I can sign on and take classes, whether they're free on YouTube or whether I feel like I have a couple of bucks to throw it, a, a starving artist trying to support our, our community too. Exactly. Um, that's been the bonus of uh, the internet and Zoom, et cetera, is I can take a class from a friend of mine up in Vermont, or, you know, I learned about one being offered in Boston and I'm like, hey, check that yeah. out. You know, not something I would normally have looked into, gone out of my way to look into. That is the one good thing about that I think is going to come out of this is where we mm-hmm. can connect and do things. We were just talking about this, about the world of Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. And auditions now are online. Ooh, and like, think about the so talent weird. pool that's going to open up, right? Sure. It's open up the talent to the world now. And there's so it's, many talented people out there absolutely. that never audition because they can't make their way to New York to physically go to the audition. Sure. Sure. Whether, whether they can't um, talk themselves into it or whether they can't afford it or, you know, you name it. There's so many reasons. And I think doing an online or like a video recording is mm. so much less intimidating than walking into an audition room. Oh man. It is so, adi- it is so There is a reason I am behind the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Live theater is one thing, but on the other hand, <laughs> when it comes to cameras, I've never been good at them. <laughs> I can't say the same. I do my YouTube channel and talk to camera all day long and do these podcasts. And yeah, I, um, I, but I also am trained in it. I was, I'm a trained actress. Right. And so, um, although I do my YouTube channel in my pajamas with coffee in my hand (laughs) in the morning. So let's get real. I love it. (laughs) Well, we're wrapping up any other advice, words of wisdom, quotes, goodness, you you know, just take that moment because every single day, who is it? Queen said life is life is about the journey, not the destination, you know, and it takes work every single day. If you want to be good at anything, including living, you got to take a moment to think about it and live with intention. Yeah. And, 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 and appreciate the journey. Appreciate where you're at right now. Find that gratitude moment to help you if you're in a hard time, if you're Mm -hmm. still in a toxic relationship, like breathe, Mm -hmm. connect with you and like, and just find something that makes you smile. And, you know, I just did a recording on a podcast right before this one. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about, it's literally one day at a time. Like you can't think about next year. None of us can right now. We don't know what a year from now is going to look like. So So much less than, than we used to be able to. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but I think that's amazing because we tend to live not in the moment and we, Mm -hmm. we get so ahead of ourselves. So it's like, okay, what can I do today? Get up today, do today and then tomorrow. Yes. And we Mm -hmm. don't live in the now you know, and in this moment, a constant daily challenge, right? Yeah. And, you know, some days we're going to do it better than others and that's okay. Cause the point is that we make the effort be, you know, to be conscious of it. And, and that's you know, again, really the key when people are like, where do I start with this whole journey? I'm like, just yeah. be aware of mm-hmm. you and your mm-hmm. body and aware that a, there's a bigger picture out there right? and that you're just a piece to the overall puzzle And Mm -hmm. that you're, you know, and the only thing you can do is control you. And once you've mastered controlling you, 
life mm-hmm. literally will fall into place way more amazing than you ever thought it, it, it could. <laughs> and that's not to say you won't trip up, you know, oh. and that's okay. And there's that's some dark okay. nights of the soul going on too. Like throughout <sighs> when I've taken this journey, there's definitely moments yeah. where I've woken up in panic attacks oh. or I've drank too much or I have, you know, anxiety sure. or I feel sure. like I'm not going to make it and I get mm-hmm. way ahead of myself, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's part yeah. of the process. So long as you can sort of embrace a felicity of, of with those, which each of those experiences and ultimately breathe through it and let it go. I think that's a huge indicator is if you find yourself in a unable to breathe, then that's perhaps an indication you should change whatever choices you're making. Absolutely. I've had to <laughs> work hard on that one, you know, yeah. the panic attacks and the anxiety, yeah. um, it's yeah. really, and for me, it's like, okay, breathe into it and go into it. Mm. And man, there's some pain. It's really anger. Mine is anger mm-hmm. uh, and having to release the anger. And it's so funny. I want to do a whole podcast on anger because like, everyone's like, oh. how do you have healthy anger? I'm like, what is healthy anger? Anger is, anger is healthy, right? Yeah. People don't want emotion. to be angry because they don't it's want to be on the receiving end of the anger, but it's, a, it's an emotion that people aren't allowed to have, but hanging on to anger will kill you. And so Ooh, it's toxic. Yeah. So toxic. Having to release the <laughs> anger in a way that doesn't hurt people and having to express anger, but I'm mm-hmm, allowed mm-hmm. to be angry. And yes. um, so that's really something that I've had to really hone in and get that out of my body in a way that is not find a functional. Yes. Find a functional way to express it. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's really key. hard to do. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Again, a daily challenge, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. I love having you here. Hopefully you can come back and share your words of wisdom with us. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. You're so welcome. Happy holidays. Likewise. Happy holidays. Thank you so much, Jay Day, for being here. I just love having you visit the garden with me, and I hope you join us again soon. For those of you new to my podcast, you can come find me at The Divine Self on YouTube or you can come join me on my website at divine-self.com if you would like any coachings or uh, subscribe for my newsletter or resources if you're a victim of domestic abuse or narcissistic abuse. You can also find me on Facebook at The Divine Self. On next week's episode, I have an attorney joining us, David Yusefia. Until next time, have a good evening.